Hello, my name is Natasha Wilson and I'm a leadership explorer, coach and consultant. I am intrigued and fascinated by human abilities to lead and create positive change. I am to capture wisdom and stories to share human experiences and learn from each other. I am so excited today to have Kevin Coutinho as our guest. So Kevin, you are a gender and equality practitioner and you are working at this current moment for University College London. You've had a chance to work with many other institutions in higher education. You are also the Race Equality Charter Chair and Panelist for Advanced Higher Education and a member of the Advanced Higher Education EDI Committee. So you are absolutely committed to this purpose. And uh, in 2019, you were awarded the Leadership Excellence Award by the Guardian Public Service. Um, and I would like to find out a bit more about it afterwards. So a warm welcome, Kevin. We are so pleased to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Natasha. I'm very pleased to be here. So before we cover a few questions and find out more about your leadership journey, can you share with our listeners how we actually met and how long it was? It, well, it must be 10 years ago. I think we were both working at the University of Cambridge at the time, and you were working in the OD function, organizational development, and I was uh, one of the equality and diversity team at the university. And we bumped into each other because we were based in the same little Georgian Terrace house. I remember uh, well, yeah. Opposite the Fitzwilliam Museum. Exactly. And we had some amazing conversations about uh, the university and the world and how to make it a better place. <laughs> Which is always the work that we try to do, whether it's through working with people directly or working in policy and strategy. Both of them try to do the same thing. Absolutely. We share this. So um, I'll go to ask a, a few more questions about, you know, how you, you have actually managed this amazing journey. But just before that, I'm so intrigued. Can you tell us a bit more about this uh, Leadership Excellence Award? Uh, that sounds, you know, fantastic. And I remember seeing your, your photograph in the paper, which was quite amazing. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a long story, but it starts about a quarter of a century ago. Um, I went into university and I was the first person in my family to go there. And I just remember being completely clueless and I didn't have a clue why I was there. I knew I had to get to university, but I didn't know what the rules of the game were. And I certainly didn't know what a 2-1 was. And I came across an organization that was offering personal and professional development programs called the Windsor Fellowship. And to cut a long story short, I applied. Um, I was successful and was sponsored by the Foreign and Commonwealth Office on a leadership program. And when I graduated from my first master's, I went and wo I wor worked at the Windsor Fellowship. And after several years of working there, I then went to Cambridge. Um, in 2012, um, I was asked by the board if I'd be interested in becoming chair because they were, they were with the austerity situation, um, they needed some help to help restructure the organization and they thought that I'd have the skills to do it. So over the course of seven years, um, I helped to restructure the fellowship and re-engage new sponsors and old sponsors to support our work. And as a result of that effort, um, I was nominated uh, for the Guardian Public Service Award Leadership Excellence Award. And I got it, surprisingly. It was embarrassing, but I was very, very proud, actually, in one way, because 
um, I think volunteering matters. And uh, I often, I think I, I, it's, I, I'm a coin collector. As a child, I used to love coins. And on the old two pence coin, there is the Prince of Wales' motif. And on it, there's a motto which says, Ich dien, which means in German, I serve. And it's a very strong public service ethos that's really guided me as a value. So, you know, you said the two coins, I really like the two pence and the two pounds. Um, and the other one, because it has a, it has another uh, uh, saying on the side of it, which is standing on the shoulders of giants. And, you know, we are beneficiaries of yesterday's giants. And I try to tell our students that we work with today that they are tomorrow's giants. Absolutely. And it, it so resonates with, uh, you know, other conversations I've had with you and, and other people as well uh, on this podcast, which is around legacy and around passing on that wisdom and building that wisdom with new generations as well, um, which, which makes such a difference. And I, I love how humble you are. But Kevin, you know, if you, you, you won that award because you deserved it. And, um, and I remember all these years ago when you were, you know, starting to, to you know, do a lot more volunteering as well. And it was something that was really important to you. So it seems to me that um, your experience of having, uh, you know, won that fellowship early on uh, and as you were get, getting into university and, and, and getting your education seems to be quite critical for you. Was that what's in a way started that, that need to serve others and to help others? I think it comes from when I was growing up, my parents always were very clear that actually you are part of a bigger thing. You're part of a bigger, bigger community. You're part of a family. Um, and I suppose, um, I really want to make sure that the world is better when we have passed. So I want to make sure that the society and the communities that we live in are better for each other when we retire and when we go on, you know, when we die, you know, we, we want to leave a better world behind us. And I think it's really important um, that you share that sense of common value. You know, there's so much potential for negativity, but there's even more potential for positivity if we choose it and a little bit of effort from all of us goes a long way in perhaps making better ameliorate, ameliorating some of the challenges that we see and the negativity so for me it's really personally very important but I also think it resonates with other people give people hope give them options give them show them that they can do um, and they'll surprise you very often and do so university was a bit of a mystery for me. But once I understood what you could do with it, I then realized actually how important it was. And when I left university, I'd actually promised myself never to go near one again. <laughs> uh, so ironically, um, that changed for me because I spent a year in France and I spent a year in the suburbs of Paris. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really was brought home to me was how important education uh, is in helping to create a more socially mobile society, but also that even in the context where it was a very challenging environment to learn, uh, the state had a mission to actually try and educate everybody. It may not have done it very well, but its mission was a formation, an education, a, a development that actually enables people to actually have a sense of community, shared purpose. And that actually, for me, resonated and actually brought me back into higher education. So I did my first master's because I was in France and I realized, actually, I can't just walk away. 
And I carried on. And so, you know, whether that was afterwards in trying to have education for others through the Windsor Fellowship, but also going back into higher education and actually recognizing that universities needed to do more to be more inclusive so that those people I was trying to encourage to go into university would actually have a better experience, but also my colleagues in universities would actually see that it was a good place and a fairer place for people to work and thrive. Absolutely. It's not just about recruitment and getting people there. It's about also ensuring that they have the best possible experience and, and they thrive. And that, that makes a big difference, isn't it? And sometimes I feel like, you know, universities, organizations have a huge amount of, uh, of willpower to try to make this work. But, you know, we sometimes get out of breath and we forget that it's the, the journey, that, that, that experience is, is, an, is a deal breaker in a way, isn't it? Um, or a deal maker. Or a deal maker, absolutely, and, and also this this experience that people get if they've if they you know managed to reach uh, a level of education they thought they would never reach, or if they enter you know groups and and uh, and parts of society that they thought they would never also be part of. I think that's also helping others to do the same. You know, this role model is so important. You know, seeing others like us that are in different places in higher education institutions and the broader society makes such a difference. Completely. And that's one of the challenges. Our society and our institutions don't look like each other. Our communities are not reflected in our institutions. And that's a problem. And it's a problem because in order to be optimal and to be successful and to, to draw on the talents that we have in each other, we need institutions that enable everybody to participate. Now, the problem that we have is that it takes time to actually help organizations to recognize that. And that's partly why we have all of the work that we do around trying to encourage race equality, gender equality, LGBT equality. But we also need to make sure that we as individuals use our positional power, whatever position that is. So from, from the lowest to the highest, to actually enable everybody to thrive, not just people who look like or sound like us, but everybody, and go there with that mindset that it shouldn't be just for our own or people who are like us, but for everyone. Absolutely. And research shows that this diversity of voices and experiences and cultures and genders and everything else we talk about in terms of the broader diversity is so important for success the success of our communities, the success of our, uh, you know, strategies, the success of our lives as well. So we know that both in uh, edu higher education and also in the commercial world, diversity makes a huge impact and, and, and pushes us to achieve more and for the benefit of, of more people. So, so this is definitely the way, the way forward, Kevin. I think so. Um, and I think many other people do as well. Um, we are so interconnected. We, we, the, the recognition that we are interconnected. Now, how we interconnect is important and it's about values. How we bridge those gaps where they exist um, is important, but recognizing that we can actually learn and thrive together is so important as well. And I think from, a, from an education perspective, universities are really good starting points for bringing people together, but they're also examples where there are challenges. But because we know that they have the data there, we're very lucky, we have lots of data, we have lots of information, you can then start identifying from a research approach where those problems are and then identify ways to actually experiment to make things better. 
uh, in the most practical way. It's exper it's experimentation. Absolutely. However, you have to be you have to be open to learn from other places. I chose a pathway of running a charity. Now I don't get money from the charity, but I do get lots of experiences. Um, I've been able to learn to apply a business education to that in terms of being able to fundraise, being able to budget plan, forecast, um, use, use my abilities to engage others, to mentor and coach and train others. And for me, that is, it's a different skill set. So it may not be a PhD, but it's something else that I required. Um, and what I needed to do is also recognize that in, in any single job, so for leadership, for me, any single job may not be able to give you the full range of, should we say, exercise of your skill set, okay? And I think it's really important that we look at portfolio careers, but also portfolio work as a means for us to actually make sure that we exercise ourselves um, with respect to our ambition, but also with respect to my own personal desire to, uh, to work in a space which is not always very smooth sailing. Equalities work, like many form of change management role, requires you to sometimes challenge. And challenge can be quite tiring and, and tiring, um, I want to say fatigant, but, <laughs> but it's just quite fatiguing, okay? Uh, and, I, and it's slightly different way from tiring. It doesn't make you sleepy or worn out. It's just it's like it's a bit exhausting every time when you want to challenge your colleagues to do better or differently. And it's important, though, that when you do that type of work, that you also do other things that bring a different type of joy and challenge to you and to me. So I've done that through my work in universities because I love universities. I think that you know, the, when you work with colleagues who are super bright, super intelligent, it can be quite also challenging when you come up against a barrier. However, working with, in charities or being an advisor or working to, on committees can also give me a different skill set that won't test my leadership ability, but also give me the opportunities to show leadership in different ways and in different domains. And that for me has really made me much more sustainable because no journey is smooth. Mm -hmm. So there are challenges in, in the journey. So you may not get to get, you may not get that new policy through in the, quite the way you wanted to, but, but you may, on the other hand, develop a new program that helps another 20 people or 30 people or 50 people. Um, and that for me has actually been quite an important balancing act. Um, also, the data is not always very positive about progression within institutions. You know, I work, do work around gender, race, and sexual orientation and disability. And we know, as I said earlier, that representation isn't always perfect. And our organizations don't always give you the recognition that you want straight away. And so for me, um, I look for different ways to get that. And it doesn't need to be through um, my job. My job is very important to me and I really do enjoy it. Um, but I also want to do other things. And my mum would say, don't leave all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> and you seem to be um, using your power of influence and impact across different uh, roles, whether they are the role that you have in one university or the work you're doing in the charity. So you, you are using all your skills and your knowledge and wisdom across all these different environments, which I think is, is absolutely amazing. And when we discuss this in, in this postcard, it's about redefining what leadership is, what leadership is for us and how do we apply it in our daily lives. So you're a fantastic example of this. Um, the portfolio career and the portfolio work is also something that 
I think many people in the pandemic have also started to explore potentially and see how it fits within their, their life, their lifestyle, and how it can also help them with their purpose and, and finding that purpose. And it's interesting what you're touching on as well, Kevin, is that sometimes, you know, as you say, you know, one role, one organization may not meet all our needs or may not be the exact perfect match for us, but you could find the right balance and still have amazing amount of impact and influence in your life and what you do um and the last point for me was interesting is also it's not about necessarily uh the high level wins all the time you know if we influence one person if we impact one life if we help one colleague on a daily basis sometimes this is good enough as well as getting the the, the big wins and as well as influencing policy and strategy I, I completely agree. Um, and for, for me, I'm old enough to remember Knight Rider the first time around. <laughs> okay. And, the, and the, the, there used to be a strap line. One, it used to say one man can make a difference. But I prefer slightly more neutral language, which is one person can make a difference. And that person is me and you and anybody else who's listening. We all can make a difference. So the one person can make a difference is an important motto for me about how I approach leadership. And the other lesson I would say is that you don't have to do the doing as a leader. Mm-hmm. You may, your job is, as a leader is often to enable others to do the doing. That is so beautiful. That is and, so beautiful. <laughs> so for me, it's actually how many people have I influenced to do better? At, uh, and that for me is a form of leadership that is one, perhaps hidden, but two, more importantly, more powerful because if you can influence a whole range of people to do the best that they can or better than they would have, then the impact of your work will be that much greater. It's exponential, isn't it? It's just like- Potentially, yes. Yeah, I love this. So in view of this um, and the wisdom you've actually acquired and nurtured through all these years and all your different roles and hats, um, what would you say to your younger self? Imagine you're, you're you know, starting university, you're back and you're thinking, oh yeah, just before I started university, what would you say to your younger self that would be really helpful? Except that there are many different ways to reach a destination. I think we are much more pressured today to conform to a model or a mode of being that actually is quite restrictive and a bit of a straitjacket. The younger me wouldn't have understood that because I was given the mode and the model and the, sh- the road to follow, okay? And actually, I was quite happy that I didn't follow the career that my, my degree would have automatically defaulted me to, but actually being confident to say that that's okay is probably something that at, at, at 21, I would have been slightly less comfortable saying. It's okay to be different. It's actually something to value. And it's recognizing that we all bring strengths and qualities. And, and in that, if, I were to, if I'm going back to my young self, I'd say, it doesn't matter that you don't want to do it that way. Just find the way that you find, find your passion. And that's actually the message I often give to mentees and people that I work with. Find your passion. And once you've found that, you'll find the intrinsic motivation that will drive you to wake up every morning and actually want to do your work because the work then becomes a pleasure. And, and, and when you have that, and when you have that passionate purpose and that pleasure, I think you can 
You can move mountains, Kevin, can't you? <laughs> well, you, you? Well, you move yourself first. <laughs> so to move yourself is already sometimes a challenge, okay? Um, and actually, that's, you know, the pandemic has also been a good example of that, you know? So if I found, if you found the thing that you're passionate about, you found the thing that motivates you, that gives you that intrinsic motivation, then tap into that because actually that will allow you to find yourself sus greater sustainability and allows me to be more sustainable. Uh, but it also keeps me going when I really want to snuggle up in a bed and have a little siesta. <laughs> it keeps you your, your motivation uh, high, absolutely. Um, so let's now forward a little, okay? So as you mentioned, the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of work at the moment about the future of work, the future of the planet. There's a lot of thinking around the future by, by some futurists and think tanks and the World Economic Forum uh, mentioned uh, that big reset, you know? So there's a chance for us to do things differently in your field, in equality and diversity, but also uh, in the wider context in which we're operating. So. Can you share with us um, what that means to you in terms of doing things differently and which areas are you keen to influence uh, further? The one thing I, there's two things that stick out for me. The first, we talk about climate change and the environment and we spend a lot of time now filtering our rubbish, which is very good. I also want to know how much, what carbon footprint does commuting have? And actually what the pandemic has shown us is that agile working, remote working, it's remote, not distant. You can still be effective and productive for many jobs not being based in an office. Now, there's a win-win for that. We can repurpose some of those office spaces, but more importantly, we can save lots of time, lots of energy, lots of CO2 emissions by reducing the amount of commuting. And that's not to say that we don't need to be together at times, but that blended, more balanced approach has been shown to work in ways in which previously individuals, particularly those with caring responsibilities, which are disproportionately women, had to essentially beg for and plead to get some form of flexible working. But actually, we can do this differently. The pandemic has shown how effective we can be. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't ever come back to our offices, but it means that the way that we approach works needs to be a little bit more thoughtful, considered, and actually reflect on actually what we can harness. I think also I can't, last year, apart from the pandemic, has shown us how unequal society is. And actually those of us most disadvantaged have been further disadvantaged by the impact of the pandemic. And I think the lesson for us is we need to reflect on what type of world we want afterwards. If we, if we want to go back to how things were, then there's a risk we'll default to that. But there is an opportunity for us to really take stock and think about what type of society do we actually want? Do we want a society where the poorest are kept poor? Do we want a society where education is accessible and available? To more? Do we want a society where the poorest die younger and that there is a 10, 10 year difference in our cities between the poorest and the richest? That's not the Britain I want to see and that's not the world I want to see. So I'd like us to think about how do we make our society more fair? How do we create opportunities for everybody? But also how do we use the law 
to help us to do that. So last year we had Black Lives Matter, you know, and I go back to organization and I always say, how do you use positive action to catalyze change? How do you use the tools we have and your positional power to show leadership and drive forward a world which is fairer and better? And we go back to Night Rider, one person can make a difference and that person is you. So what will you do differently? And that's a, a wonderful phrase for us to remember, you know, um, and that sense of community as well that, you know, you know, we all, we are, as you said before, interconnected. We all are part of this, you know, bigger community. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that empowerment and feeling that we can make a difference is really, really fantastic. Um, I love the fact also you're asking those questions, you know, um, in organizations on how they can drive uh, positive action and, uh, and make that change permanent and make that change uh, positive as well and not just a quick fix at times or a temporary change, you know, it's, which, which often loses its momentum and, and doesn't necessarily um, bring the impact that it was expected. So a lot to think about. Uh, so thank you so much, Kevin, for sharing this with us. Um, as, as forever, these podcasts are too short to be able to have a, a long enough conversation. So we'll have to invite you again. But in the meantime, just before we, we end this, this episode, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us you know, today? I'm always inspired by quotations. So sometimes quotations are very helpful for me. Um, and there's one that's attributed to Mahatma Gandhi, which is whenever you're confronted with an opponent, conquer them with love. Absolutely. And we can lead by example. And, and that kindness and that love you mentioned is very much that. If the purpose is to improve together, to get to learn from each other and improve and make that positive change together is, is, a, is such a wonderful, powerful uh, pearl of wisdom that you're sharing with us, Kevin. So thank you so much for your contribution and for your thoughts today. A pleasure. A big thanks to our guests today for a wonderful conversation on their leadership journey. To find out more about my podcast and my work, please check my website at cambridgeinsights.co.uk or you can always find me on LinkedIn and I'd be really happy to connect with you. Thank you for listening.